I want to mention first here in the beginning the two men coming from two different points in time. In two verses that came from two different time spans. The first I'll mention David. King David. He either wrote this when he was on the run from Saul or when he was on the run from Absalom. They hadn't quite pinpointed it, but somewhere David was always on the run. And he wrote in Psalms 27 verse 1, the Lord is my light. See, we think of this as just some kind of poetry, but this was what his life was all about. He's on the run. They're trying to kill him. They're not just talking bad about him. They want him dead. How many people know that if you're a good leader and a called leader, there's a lot of negatives out there that want to kill you? That's just the way it works. He says, the Lord is my light. Doesn't matter what's going on. I have faith in something here. The Lord is my light. He is my salvation. He's the one that can save me. Whom shall I fear? I don't fear anybody or anything because he is my light. He is my salvation. The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Then he finishes it with this. Of whom shall I be afraid? Talk about faith. Talk about faith. But this wasn't a faith that was just a word. It was faith in action. Because here's a man, his life, he staked his life on that faith. Staked his life on it. That was David. Then you go over into the New Testament. This is just a couple of references. 2 Timothy 1.12 in the NIV. Here we have the apostle talking. Writing his letter to Timothy, he said, That is why I am suffering as I am. Hey, I've been in prison. I'm in prison for, for Jesus. But watch this. Yet I am not ashamed. Faith will take you to a place where you are not ashamed. Because I know whom I have believed. I know who he is. I know what I've been called to do. I know in whom I believe and I am convinced. Everybody say convinced. I am convinced. I am convinced that he is able to guard what I have entrusted to him for that day. Are you hearing it? No matter what in my life, the Holy Spirit is going to bring to pass those things that he's called you to do. That's what he means by that. Whatever he has anointed you to do, whatever gifting he's, he's placed in your life, He's going to bring it to pass. It may not come when you want it, but it'll come on time. And here's the problem, Brother Willie mentioned it again. There's a lot of people in ministry and in business that they just are impatient. They're anxious. And you can't get the job done being impatient and anxious. You've got to be steadfast. You've got to hold on. So here's the two men. Men speaking about faith. A faith that shakes the circumstance, shakes the negatives. They had faith. But something I want to deal with is understanding faith. Faith is not, mark this down, faith is not presumption. Faith is not presumption. What do you mean? Well, the root word there is presume, meaning to believe something to be true because it's very likely. To believe something that it, it just might be true, although you're not certain of it. 
So in other words, faith is not, well, if, if, just in case it works, I'm going to believe in it. Because I heard Bishop talk about it, and I heard some other, other good Christians, my buddies, talk to me about it. So just in case faith works, I'm going to give it a shot. It won't work. Faith is not presumption. Say that back to me. And also by that, it's not arrogant. That's just not faith. You see, faith walks in truth. That's where it stays. That's where it's lived. That's the environment where it works. Faith walks in truth and not in uncertainty. So if you're in an uncertain state of mind, faith doesn't work. And that's why the enemy works on our souls where he gets us anxious and gets us uh, uh, discouraged. Because then he, he starts chipping away at our faith. So faith walks in truth, not in uncertainty. It doesn't presume to know. It doesn't presume to know, but knows beyond a shadow of a doubt. It knows that it knows. I know in whom I believe, and I'm persuaded that he is able. So if you don't have faith, this is something the Lord sort of planted in my spirit early this morning. If you don't have faith, faith in that which you believe, if you don't have faith in that which you believe, now follow this thinking. If you don't have faith in that which you believe in, then that which you believe in is worthless. That's what the Lord said to me. If you don't have faith in that which you believe in, then that which you believe in is worthless. If I do not believe that and I don't trust my horse that I'm going to ride, that I need to ride because i got to get somewhere, I'm going to tell you, you're not going to make it. Because you don't trust your ability, nor do you trust the horse. And guess what the horse is going to feel? He's going to know you don't trust him. You said, no, yes. Anything that you do not trust, you're not confident in. If you're not confident, you're going to fail. You put somebody, a a beginner behind a a wheel of a car, and they're not confident, you're going to watch. They're going to get in a wreck. They're going to be driving like like a robot because they're not confident. Faith is all about confidence. What do you mean by that? It's worthless. My daddy, when I was a little boy, I don't know how old I was, but I was young. He had bought me a mask that I wanted. I wanted this mask, underwater mask. And it had special tubes on it that when you went underwater, it would close off the, the uh, airflow so you could go underwater. And I'll never forget, I put that on, and Daddy said to me, he was in the pool with me. He said, why are you not, uh, why are you not going underwater? You, why aren't you doing this? I said, because it's not working. He said, it's not working because you're not going underwater. And he did something that shocked me. He jerked it off my head. He said, it's worthless. He said, if you don't trust it, it's worthless. And threw it off my head. You know what? He was correct. And I realize that to this day. And I never thought about it till this morning. What the old man showed me was you have to have confidence in that which you're about to use. If you try to scuba dive and don't trust your tanks, I've been there before. 
you get down and you start to scuba dive and you get down a little depth and you realize now I'm down about 30 feet, now I'm down about 40 feet and there ain't no recovering now, I got to use this thing. And then you start thinking, <laughs> you better relax and trust it. For those that scuba, you know what I'm talking about. If not, you panic. So he threw it away and said it's worthless. Faith, you have to believe in that whatever you're going after. You have to trust it and believe that it's going to come to pass. I don't hope I'm saved. I know I'm saved. I don't hope I'm healed. I know I'm healed. I don't hope that he's going to take me out of discouragement. He's already brought me into courage. What are you trying to say? I believe that all things are possible through Christ Jesus. So what do I need? I need a faith, as I thought this morning again. I need a faith that can take me to a higher level of understanding. That's the kind of faith I need. A faith that will take me to a higher level of understanding and a greater relationship in the one who sits at the right hand of the Father, Jesus Christ. I need that. That's the kind of faith I need. I need that kind of faith that I know he's with me. So let's talk about faith. Joshua 1.9 in the NIV. Here they're giving a command to Joshua. I have, have I not commanded you to be strong and courageous? Faith. What is faith? I've got to be strong and I have to be courageous when I don't want to be. It's not in me. Be strong and courageous. He says, and do not be terrified. How many of you all ever walked in a little bit? You've been terrified at some things? He said, don't be terrified. Do not be discouraged. In other words, don't be anxious. For the Lord your God will be with you sometimes. I don't say always in the NIV. What does it say? Wherever you go. That's key. Wherever you go. So what are you saying, Bishop? I have confidence. You should have confidence. In that no matter where you go or where I go, the Spirit of the Lord Jesus Christ will be with me. If you are a child of God, how many people believe you're a child of God? Doesn't matter if you're a sinner or a saint, you're a child of God. He said, no, no, I'm a sinner. It doesn't matter. You're still a child of God. You were created by His Word. If you're a child of God, He will be with you wherever you go. Some people may not understand that, but in my life, it didn't matter where I went. And some of the places I went, I shouldn't have gone. But whenever I went there, God was with me. I'm ashamed I drug Him into some of the places I went to. But I'm going to tell you, He was there. Because he never stopped talking to me. How many people know that's fact? You've had that happen. I've had people say to me, talking about faith and talking, remembering these scriptures we just read. I've heard people say, I'll never leave you. Man, I'll never leave you. I'm with you, buddy, all the way to the end. Well, the end must have came. Because they're gone. But there's a big but right here I want to put. But, take hope. There's someone who will never leave you, and he'll never forsake you. And in that, I have faith. I have faith in him. If he says, I won't leave you, Collis, he ain't going nowhere. 
He's going to be with us. Matter of fact, when I closed my eyes in death, I was thinking this morning, when I close my eyes in death, the first person I want to see is Jesus. I want to see the one that called me to do this that I'm doing, that I thought. <laughs> I said, Lord, I want to see you face to face. He'll never leave you, nor forsake you. And there's no such thing as death in God's sight. I want to clear that up. No such thing as death. You say, well, my, my sister died. He died to you, not to God. Because the moment they close their eyes, they're closer to him than, than they've ever been to you. So if you've ever wondered if you've, you have a friend, let me say this. You have a friend in Jesus. I wrote a song one time. Let me introduce you to this friend of mine. Came into my heart, made my whole life to rhyme. Jesus. 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 God's words will be with you from beginning to end, and His words are everlasting. What are you saying? The Lord keeps His word. Everybody say, the Lord keeps His word. Just as a reference, Hebrews 12, 25 through 27 NIV. See to it that you do not refuse him who speaks. Those that speak to you in the spirit. If they did not escape when they refused him who warned them on earth. They're talking about Moses here. How much less will we if we turn away from him who warns us from heaven. Moses warned them on earth. Jesus warns from heaven. At that time his voice is important. At that time his voice shook the earth. In the Old Testament, he shook the earth, but now he has promised, once again, more, I will shake not only the earth, but also the heavens. I'm going to shake the earth and the heavens. The word once more indicate the removing of what can be shaken. I'm going to remove what can be shaken. That is created things so that, that, so that what cannot be shaken may remain. What do you mean by that? Why is this a reference to faith? Why do we need faith in these trying times? Because everything that can be shaken is going to be shaken. So you got to make sure that you're not shook off the tree. What do you mean? You may be shook, but you're not going to get took. That's country thinking, but stay with me. You may be shook. But you're not going to get took. That means you're going to stay on the vine. You're going to stay close to the, to the strength, to your nourishment, to your hope. I know some of you have been sh you get, you get shaken lately. You've been a little shaken. If we'll be honest with one another, discouragements come, finances nail us, bills nail us. Some of us, our families nail us. Our ministerial friends, our business friends. I can keep going on with this. But I still say, I have a friend in Jesus, and he'll never leave me nor forsake me, and so I stand strong in that. I will not. Let me just say this now, because a lot of people in speaking about faith, they say, now be very careful about faith, because you're going to confuse some people. I think y'all are intelligent enough to hear me today. Don't be confused. What do you mean? 
Just because you stand when you say, I'm standing in faith, doesn't mean you won't be shook. You'll think the world's coming to an end. My God, I got a blood caught in my leg. That's what happened to my Chris, my son-in-law. Got blood caught in my leg. It don't mean you're not going to get shook. It just means you're not going to get took. Shaken but not taken. God, y'all going to catch this in a minute. Because that's what the Lord said to me today. He said to be shaken but not taken. <clears throat> so we're going to get shook. It's just natural. It's going to happen. You're going to run into problems. You're going to have arguments with your wife or your husband or your girlfriend, your boyfriend. And no friends. You're going to have those problems. And if you don't have them, I want a Polaroid picture of you. So I can put it on the church bulletin board. Which we don't have, but I'll build one just for you. Because there's everybody here, we get shaken. Can we admit that? We've been shaken. I have. Last year I got shook. I mean, I got shook. But then I had some good people come to me and say, whatever you need, Bishop, I'm there for you. Well, what that does is when we're honest with one another, we have to realize my faith is strong. Hear me. My faith is strong. It's become, there's this thing called shaking and quaking. But I may be shaking and quaking, but I'm not going to be baking. I'm going to stand. Everybody say that back to me. I'm going to stand. And when you've done all to stand, what did I tell you? We will stand there for. What is this year's motto or theme? We stand. Why is faith so important for me to minister on right now? Because it's going to take faith to stand. I'm watching here. I look out in this congregation today, and I know it's cold outside, but it's a pretty good representation. Y'all, the church people are coming back. Coming back. So what we have to do is stand on the promises on the Word of God. How? How do we do that? Well, it's not that simple because you've got to fight off the shaking and the quaking. Galatians 5, 16 says in the King James Version, This I say then, walk in the Spirit. In other words, stay in the Spirit. Have your ears open to what God's saying. And don't tell me God doesn't talk to you because He does. And you already know it. That little still small voice in your head, you know He's trying to communicate with you. This I say, then walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. Then he says in Galatians 5.25, if you live in the Spirit, then let us also walk in the Spirit. If you're going to live it, walk it. If you're going to talk it, walk it. Be what God's called you to be. And let me tell you something. If God has gifted you in an area, there's no way to stop that gift. That's why I said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put it together, I'm going to start singing. If I have to brag out my old guitar, I'll be back up there just shucking and jiving. Because the gift is in me. It's just there. But how in the world can we walk in something we can't see? Walk in the Spirit, you can't see it. How can we walk in something we can't see, something that we have not uh, experienced physically? How you have to have faith to take this walk, though. You have to have faith to take this walk that you can't see nor feel. 
A faith that allows you to see those things that, are, that have been blinded by the carnal mind. How many people know your flesh mind will mess with you on your spirit thing? But see, I believe in a faith that changes things. I still believe in that statement, I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. I need a faith that changes me. A faith that will take you to, uh, to a new heights and a greater dimension. A faith that allows me to see those hidden things, those secret things of God. I don't know about y'all, but that's what I want. A faith that will take me from the terrestrial to the celestial. From the ground to the heavens. A faith that will cause me to walk and you to walk from the natural into the supernatural. I want some super in my natural. A faith that is absent of fear, as they said to Joshua, be courageous. Don't be terrified. It's absent of fear and doubt. A faith that says yes when every circumstance around me says absolutely not. Now, I don't know about y'all, but I've had times in my life when people around me told me it won't work. And me knowing God just talked to me, knew it. It won't work. You're sitting in it right now. This is something that they said would not work. And out of this place, we've reached 120 nations with the message of Jesus Christ. Out of this place. From this pulpit, we've ministered to 120 nations. You say, well, I can't believe that. There was a time when whatever I said would come to pass, it came to pass. But I had a group of people behind me that said, I have faith. Because faith is not a singular thing when it comes to the body of Christ. It's a corporate thing. It's a collective thing. Are y'all catching this? Collective, Tom. You've got to believe it with me. Because if we don't believe it together, it's not going to happen. I mean, faith is so imperative. Think about a person that's trained to, to, to jump out of an airplane with a pair. Why would anybody jump out of a perfect good airplane? I don't understand it. What was that I saw this morning on Facebook? It said, if you're not good on the first time, I think something like, if you're not good on the first time, if first you don't succeed, it's not you, then skydiving is not for you. You can train somebody in parachuting, but the truth of the matter is we, I've gone to the classes, I've watched all the videos, I've watched all the cool stuff, and they've told me how to pull the string. I know all that stuff. But the truth happens when they say, all right now, boop. The truth is then, do I know that I know that I know what I found out in class? Faith is sort of that way. When you jump out, you've got to know that you know that he'll never leave you nor forsake you. You've got to know that. You see, they may know the techniques. They may know the techniques. But the real test of their knowledge, it comes not in class, but when their instructor pushes them out on the limb into a real live situation. How many people do we have in the military here? Okay. One, I see. <laughs> you can train people to fight. 
the Marines, you train them, but the real test comes when they have to fight. They try to put them through simulations. But the real thing is when, even in simulation, they know they're not going to die. But the real test is when they get out there and they know they're facing a real live enemy. And then you find out who, who can who, and who cannot. That's just fact. Faith. The church needs faith. Once again, we need faith in Jesus. Well, who's he's the commander-in-chief. I don't need just head knowledge. I need soul, spirit knowledge. It has become a part of my nature. It has become a part of my nature. What do you mean by that? If you touch a hot pan, what do you do? You fondle it more? Oh, it feels so good. Can anybody demonstrate what you do when you touch a hot pan? Woo! My son, one time we were at a Japanese restaurant at Arm. He was only about uh, probably seven years old, something like that. I said, son, don't touch that. It was where the cook, a hibachi guy cooks. I said, son, don't touch that. He just looked at me like a calf in a new stall. And all of a sudden, I see him take his little fat hand. And I, I didn't say nothing. He went, I said, what did you expect? I told you not to do it. <laughs> How many people have experienced something like that before? You tell them not to do it, they do it anyway. What I want to learn and let's go through together is how to, have, how to be an overcomer. How to gain victory. How? By walking in faith. How living in faith. But before we can walk, there can be a victory. There has to be a definition of what we're striving for. The walk of faith. Living in faith. We need the, we need the principles of faith. But for faith to work, these principles must be based upon the Word of God. You see, when it came to the faith message, many of y'all were not privy to this. Or maybe you weren't around at those, in those days. And the mess for years was misunderstood. Because people would beat you over the head with it. And then, the, the, then people that were beat over the head with the message would say, there's nothing to that message because I tried it once. It didn't work. That's like saying I went water skiing. I tried it once and it didn't work. Well, you're not going to work the first time. You've got to learn. But look how faith is taught. We learn and gain faith through something, and that something is everything. That something, Floyd, is everything. Well, what is that? The Word of God. The only thing that's going to bring real faith. Romans 10, 17. So then faith comes by hearing, and hearing by, hearing by a good lecturer. Let me say this. When I say hearing by the Word of God, it's because when someone is called to minister the Word of God, they minister what He says to them. That's why I'll say to you, this is what was said to me this morning, whether you understand it or not, this is what God said to me. And I want you to hear that because that's the way the Spirit deals with me. 
about the faith thing. I mean, that, to me, that was pretty potent. If you don't have trust in that which you believe in, then what you believe in is worthless. And that's what God was saying to me. He said, it's worthless. So what are you going to teach the people? Something that's worthless to you? Or are you going to teach them something that has value to you? Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. Now, in the NIV, Romans 10, 17, New International Version for just definition. Consequently, faith comes from hearing the message. And the message is heard through the Word about Christ. So no Word, no faith. No Word, no faith. So in order for faith to work, you have to apply the principles of faith. And this is where people fail. They fail in applying the principles of faith. Some have said all you have to do in faith is just have faith. You've heard people preach before, your friends, that they don't even know what they're talking about most of the time. All you got to do, Rose, is have some faith. Have a little faith. Everything's going to work out. It's going to be all right. We've all heard it. But we all know that problems are going to come and you're going to be shaken. And when those times come, we get knocked off our feet. How many people have felt that before? I have. I'll go as far to say that I don't know anyone that is alive that has not gone through some difficult problems. But God has given us a way to combat these things, the storms of life. Why? Because in my storm, there's someone called Jesus that's in my boat. And he will bring to me victory. Christian, he'll bring me victory. The problem we've had, and this is because, see, I have to define these things so we can go further in faith. Because this may last for a couple months in this dealing with this message. It's a powerful message. The problem we've had in our walk of faith is that many have reduced it to a formula. Just a formula. But a formula without principle brings you to real trouble. What do you mean? A formula without rule or standard will bring you to real problems. Real problems. See, some formulas may work, but in, in this, it doesn't work. You've got to follow the principle. So what I'm going to do and what we're going to do together in the next few weeks is try to teach us how to take hold of this truth. Take hold of it, lean on it, walk in it, and exhibit it. And then apply the truth. Let me just give you some points here. To this, to this thought, I want to take you to Proverbs 16, 21. Because so many people get into faith or a message of faith or in other messages like of giving, which I need to minister in this church because a lot of people forgot what giving can actually do for you. The reason giving is important is because you're sitting in it. If there was no giving, you wouldn't be sitting in this place today. It's just fact. You wouldn't be. I wouldn't be here. I'd be somewhere, and you'd be somewhere. Maybe be on the lake or playing golf or whatever. I hear people right now that their lives are completely turned around right now, messed up. And all they did was step away from the truth. And I try to bring them back to it by giving them little nuggets, trying to get them back in. But it's very difficult because once somebody gets into the state of, del how many people know delusion is a real thing? 
Doc, have you ever had a, a patient that was in, a, 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 in delusion, thinking everything was okay and you knew it wasn't? I was one of those. <laughs> but there are people that are in, living in a state of delusion. That, that everything is all right. That's not faith either. And they try to batter you with the message. Watch this. Proverbs 16, 21. The wise in heart shall be called prudent, and the sweetness of the lips increases learning. The sweetness of the lips increases learning. The sweetness of the lips increases learning. What does that mean in the NIV? The wise in heart are called discerning, and gracious words promote instruction. That means you can catch a lot more flies with honey than you can with vinegar. There are certain people when they get hold of a message like faith, or even salvation, they get a hold of this truth of a certain message, let's put it that way, and it, the truth may be based on the Word of God, but their attitudes, everybody say attitude, their attitudes, they've got arrogance, and their approach can turn people off, even though they've got a truth. I've got family members that can do that. I've got friends that can do that. I've heard them take truth and nail you in the head with it. And that's not what people need. They need to hear the truth in love. Because you see, faith works in, oh, you're catching it. In other words, people with their message of faith or healing or, or salvation, they become so dogmatic about the truth that they turn people off, and no one wants to hear what you have to say, even though you're intelligent. I know people that are brainiacs. Let me give you a case in point. Finest Jennings Dake. Many of you have got the Dake's annotated Bible. It's in all the references. I knew him personally. The years he poured into that. <clears throat> well, they didn't tell you. The man also went through problems. They threw him in jail. Let me tell you why he threw him in jail. He was out on the road one night traveling from here to, I think, Chattanooga. And he picked up a hitchhiker. And that hitchhiker had to be a girl. And that girl happened to be underage. And he happened to go to prison because of it. He didn't do nothing wrong but try to help somebody out. That's why you got to be careful. But finest Jennings date could stand here and you could say, in the beginning. And he'd finish the whole thing, go all the way through it. You could quote any scripture and he'd finish it. And it didn't matter in the Bible. He could quote the book from front to back. His brain had absorbed it all, but nobody wanted to hear him. I had him come speak at the church, and when he got through, most everybody sitting there had already left. They got him to snick out. Why? Because he wasn't anointed to do that. He was anointed to, re to, to do the research and put it together, not to talk about it. So in other words, there are people that you will listen to, and there's people you won't listen to. Am I right? There are people that I think are pretty good ministers, and I've heard people say, I don't like to hear them. I'm not into that. I heard Dr. Carter say it to me one time about a very famous preacher. He said, I'd rather hear you than them. And I'm thinking, man, that, they're pretty good. So what's the deal? Either you're anointed to do what you're doing or you're not. You don't have to beat somebody over the head with it to get the truth, about, the truth in them. Faith is one of those things. You can't beat it into somebody. It has to become something natural. 
It's something you have to come in contact with. So if we're able to teach a truth with the sweetness of lips, it must be taught at a level that people can understand. How many people understand that statement I just made? So, if what you have believed has not changed you for the better, then you need to change your belief. By that I mean, if you can't help somebody else, you can't reach somebody else, and you can't show love to someone else, then that which you believe, you really don't believe in. Brother Willie brought it up this morning. He said, why is it the people, everybody in the body of Christ are part of the body of Christ? He said, why can't we work together and share together? It's because ego and pride gets involved, Willie. They get anxious. They want to be the chief. They want to be the big dog. And you know what I found out about the big dog? The big dog gets shot at. That's just the way it works. If the Spivey Company does something and messes up, they may speak to Christian a little bit, but they're going to want to talk to, they're going to know that the man at the top knows they've screwed up. Am I right or wrong? They're going to want to know that. So sometimes it's better not to be the top dog, it's better to be the middle dog. How many people would concur with that? But that's what happens in the body of Christ. We're not moving in faith because we can't move in love because we have to be the one. The one. But he says, and I'll end with this one. We'll get into it next week. So then faith comes by hearing. And hearing by the word of God. Faith to the Christian is like an oxygen tank to a diver. You have to have it. You may not see it. You may not taste it. You may not smell it. But it's there. 